enjoy it while it lasts. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh yeah. So easily offended. Uh-huh. The Weekend Wager with Anita Marks starts now. What's up? What's up? It is Weekend Wager here on 98.7 ESPN. Brought to you by BetMGM Sports. Enough talk. Believe in your game. Believe in your bet. BetMGM Sports. And uh, we've got we've got a lot going on. Obviously, it is Wild Card Weekend. Uh, this is uh, really what it's all come down to. This is what... We've waited for, and the excitement begins tomorrow around 4.30, I want to say, is is kickoff, if I believe correctly, 4.15, 4.30, and it starts off with the Raiders and the Bengals. Uh, the, predominantly, I'd say 80% of the show is getting you ready for Wild Card Weekend and uh, the plethora of games. Of course, we've got two on Saturday, three on Sunday, and then for the first time ever, uh, we've got a Monday night postseason game featuring the Cardinals and the Rams and so really it's it's going to be it's going to be a fun weekend and and we've got a plethora of guests on the show in just a few minutes we're going to hear from Mike Reese of course he covers the Patriots for ESPN he does a phenomenal job we're going to break down you know why has Mac Jones been struggling as of late weather conditions are supposed to be horrific not only for us here tomorrow I don't know how many people by the way we've got Jacob and Brian who are producing the show Guys, if I had a dollar for every time I've spoken to somebody today who said, oh, it's going to be freezing tomorrow. Have you guys heard the same thing? Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm not looking forward to it. It's going to be freezing. If it's going to be freezing, like if we're being told it's freezing here, imagine what it's going to be like up there in Buffalo. Buffalo, Oh, no. Exactly. mm -mm. How do those guys do it? Like kick off. Those fans are insane. I like, don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I, I don't know if I would have, I, if, if, if I, I know folks are going to be like, come on, Anita. I, I just, I, to, to attend, I don't get fandom. I don't even want to be in those stands because think about it. It's going to be like below zero. Like, I don't know. It's going to feel like negative five, negative seven, negative eight at kickoff. Are you what happens? What happens at ten o'clock at night when they got to come back out in the second half? It's probably going to be like negative fifteen, negative twenty. <laughs> Forget about it. <laughs> no way, man. No way. No how. So Mike Reese is going to join us, and we'll find out the latest. Uh, how's the New England Patriots getting ready for a game like that? What are his expectations? Do the Patriots even have a chance? The Buffalo Bills are favored by four. So we'll hear from Mike Reese. Uh, David Behrman, who oversees all our chalk content, which we like to call at ESP and our gambling content, uh, he will be joining us at the top of the 11 o'clock hour. We'll talk NFL as well as golf. Uh, we've got, uh, yes, last week was the Century. This week it's the Sony Open. And uh, we'll take a look at the leaderboard and what where are we putting our money heading into Saturday and Sunday. Also, the same cast of characters who are giving us winners each and every week are going to be with us on the show. We're going to hear from Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports, Randy Robles from uh, the Elias Sports Bureau, and Aaron Schatz from Football Outsiders. And we'll open up the phone lines, 800-919-3776. You've got some questions or comments about Wild Card Weekend. Maybe you've got a play that you really like. Um, we're here for you, and I'd love to hear from you as well. So, again, it is We Can Wager with you until midnight tonight but before we do and again we're going to do a real deep dive obviously 
with the NFL, there is still a NBA game to be had uh, that tips off in just a few minutes. So, um, and and that is the uh, the Grizzlies. So I'm all over the Grizzlies tonight, minus two and a half. As we know, John Morant has been otherworldly this season. Do you know this? He's currently the second seeding in regard to fan voting for the All-Star game. Uh, also, like Jaron Jackson Jr., uh, he stepped up in a big way uh, with Steven Adams out, and he's been delivering on both sides of the court. So uh, I'm taking Memphis minus two and a half and, uh, and Triple J, as they like to call him, over one and a half blocks. So that's my play. Uh, in the uh, in the Mavericks Grizzlies game, Grizzlies hosting the Mavericks tonight. Kristaps Porzingis is going to be inactive, by the way. Just to get you up to speed on some of the scores out there, um, I had uh, I had the Bulls tonight. I don't know what happened there. They've been good as of late. You still you had uh, no Clay Thompson, no no uh, Draymond Green, but the Warriors still took care of the Bulls, 138-96, to lost there. I had the under in the 76ers-Celtics game, and that hit, 76ers won 111, Celtics 99. Um, I did have uh, Tatum over two and a half three-pointers, and he ended up with two on the night, so unfortunately I lost that one. I did have the Suns, minus five. I won there. Suns took care of the Pacers, minus um, I'm sorry, 112 to 94. And how about this? The Detroit Pistons, one of the worst teams in the NBA, let alone worst defenses in the NBA, held the Raptors to 87 points. Uh, even with uh, Van Fleet putting up 24 points, five rebounds, 10 assists, I had him over three pointers, and that did land for me. It was over four and a half. He ended up with six three pointers in this game, but the Raptors still lost to the Pistons, 103 to 87. So I went one in one there. The Magic took care of the Hornets, 116 to 109. I did not have a play in that game. Cavs and Spurs keeping this tight. Cavs are up 70 to 69 with about uh, six minutes left in the third. And uh, I have the Heat tonight, minus four. And uh, they're losing right now to the Hawks, 96 to 89 the uh, Atlanta Hawks are up so and that's uh, that's just the end of the third quarter so hopefully uh, the heat can close it out in the fourth and then um, and then I can I can sleep well tonight that's for sure but if you can still get in on that uh, that Grizzlies game I do like the Grizzlies and Triple J with over blocks in the game as well so that's how I'm playing the NBA tonight so, again, we've got a lot going on starting tomorrow afternoon. So the Raiders going up against Cincinnati. Kickoff is at 4.30, by the way. Cincinnati is favored by 5. And then, of course, the Patriots going up against the Buffalo Bills. Bills at home, 4.5. They're favored. Both these games, bad weather conditions. Cincinnati not as bad as Buffalo, but still bad. They're expecting anywhere between 1 to 3 inches of snow. And so uh, you've got a Cincinnati Bengals team who has been uh, able to rest. Uh, they, had a, they, they had locked in the AFC North. Who would have thunk? Not me. So they were able to rest players last week. Meanwhile, the Raiders had to beat the Chargers or at least tie the Chargers in order to, uh, in order to advance and make it to the postseason. So uh, they're coming in and, of course, playing in weather conditions they're not used to. Living in Sin City, Dome Stadium, 
you know, it's it's comfy there. Not so much. That's not going to be the case tomorrow. Again, they're expecting one to three inches of snow in Cincinnati. And then, of course, we were just talking about how cold the Bills game is. And then on Sunday, we've got three good ones. The Eagles, they're in Tampa. Bad weather conditions there as well. This is really important, especially when it comes not only to gambling, but fantasy. Maybe you're playing some DFS. Maybe you, you've already you know, got yourself in a, in a, in a post season playoff fantasy league, man, bad weather conditions really in, in the first, the first three games two tomorrow. And, uh, and even though it's in Tampa, it's supposed to be like a monsoon down there and winds at 20 to 25 miles an hour gusts up to 35 and 40 miles an hour. So those type of weather conditions really plays the advantage to the team who is a better rushing attack. And let's be honest, the last few weeks, the Eagles have had a better rushing attack in the NFL, more so than the Tampa Bay Bucks. Don't be surprised if the Eagles upset the Bucks. That's I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. The line was eight and a half. It's now dropped down to eight. I'm just saying. So weather conditions, I think are going to affect all three of these teams, uh, but will benefit the Cincinnati Bengals, of course, because the Raiders aren't used to, uh, those type of conditions. And then, of course, you've got the 49ers in Dallas, the Steelers in Kansas City. Kansas City, I checked in on that weather on uh, on Sunday night. It's not supposed to be bad. High is supposed to be 25, no snow, um, you know, cold, but not bitter, not uncomfortable. And then, of course, uh, Arizona out in, in LA, L.A. with the Rams. Uh, no worry there in regard to weather conditions. So, you know, these are the uh, four, five, these are the six games We've got to talk about, we're going to dive into, we're going to dissect. Like I said, we've got our, our, our regular cast of characters on the program tonight, breaking it all down for us. I guarantee you that when you're done listening to this show for the next two hours, you're going to be so in the know in regard to where to spend your money this weekend if you so choose to wager on Wild Card Weekend. So sit tight, we get back. Mike Reese who covers the Patriots for ESPN, is going to be joining us next. We'll find out what is going on in New England. How are they preparing for the Bills? How good could Mac Jones be? Or how bad could he be tomorrow night? We'll find out next with Mike Reese. All right, welcome back. We've got a special guest joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. It's Mike Reese. He does a phenomenal job covering the Patriots. Uh, and is so every time I ask him to be on, he always obliges. So it's, I'm, I'm so appreciative. Uh, Mike, thank you so much. Uh, first and foremost, happy new year to you. It's my first time talking to you since, uh, since we've entered January. So how are you doing? Anita, happy new year and happy playoffs. Is there anything better than the NFL playoffs? And now that the Patriots are back in it, it's almost like I, I feel alive again. Last year was such a, an aberration. <laughs> They weren't in. I didn't know what to do with myself. There were two games in December that didn't mean anything. And I said, well, I don't know what this feeling feels like covering a team like that. So it sort of feels back to normal for me here. Good for you. Good for you. All right, let's, let's break it down because it, it should, this, is, this is one of the games on, on the slate this weekend that, depending on who you talk to, oh, man, I love the Bills. Oh, I love the Patriots. Weather, the, the, the weather conditions, it's going to play into the Patriots' hands. Like, I, you, you just, everybody's all over the board. You've got your finger on the pulse of this team better than most. Let's talk about the weather conditions. Now, what I, and let's see, let's make sure we're on the same page here. Everything that I'm hearing, I'm reading, I go online, is that it's going to be like 
it, it's going to be sub-zero at kickoff at like 8, 8.30, 8.15, whatever. And then it's going to get colder as the night progresses. So maybe, yeah. you know, at the half, it's going to feel like negative 10, negative 15. That's really freaking cold, Mike. Like, I know that mm. it's not going to be 40-mile-per-hour winds, but when it's that cold, the ball's different. The, 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 it's, it's harder to throw. It's harder to catch. It hurts to tackle. What, what are you hearing mm-hmm. about the weather conditions? Is that what you're hearing as well? What, what should we expect on Saturday night? Yeah. Anita, right on it, you know, with the weather conditions. It's going to be very cold. And, and I will tell you, I, I think the Bills are the more talented team. They're the healthier team. They're at home. And all that said, I think that's why I think the cold forecast probably tilts the needle to the Patriots in terms of who it favors. Because maybe, in my view, it levels the playing field a little bit more. You mentioned, you know, catching the ball, throwing the ball, kicking the ball. How about tackling? Like a big running back like Damian Harris or Ramondre Stevenson in the cold, like that's not easy. It's not easy in regular conditions, but now you add the cold. So I think the forecast potentially um, has a chance to benefit the Patriots, whether it's enough to help them beat the Bills. Like that's probably asking a lot, you know, based on, you know, where both teams stand right now heading into this game. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. I hear you. The, the Patriots are getting four, um, which a lot of people are on that side. I think this is going to be low scoring as well. The first time, of course, we saw the Patriots go to Orchard Park. We saw what they did. Mac Jones, what, he threw the ball once, twice, something like that. You know, But a lot of that, again, was because of the 40-plus the, the mile-per-hour winds. We, we're not going to have that on Saturday night, but... I would imagine a very hefty run attack. This is what I'm anticipating from the Patriots. Are you as well? So I can definitely see them, you know, running the ball quite a bit. I think they have to be careful in not throwing it, you know, like, so they, they ran it so much that first time they were out here in Orchard Park, New York. And then when the teams met a couple weeks later out in Foxborough, Mass, you know, the Patriots started the game with, you know, an extra tight end on the field or an extra offensive lineman on the field, it was almost like they were saying, we're going to run it again on you. And the Bills were like, no, you're not. And the Bills, you know, stopped the run that day and really made the Patriots a little more one-dimensional. So I I don't think the Patriots can rely on just the run game. They're going to have to show that they can push the ball down the field at times in the passing game, which brings us to Mac Jones. You know, this is is a big moment for him, the first – playoff game and, and trying to become the first rookie quarterback to win in the playoffs since Russell Wilson back in 2012. It goes to show you it's hard, hard to get here as a rookie. And then when you're there, hard to win. Yeah. Let, let's, let's talk about Mac Jones. You know, um, you know, I, I have a vested interest here because uh, he, he wins rookie of the year. Mama's going to buy a new pair of shoes, but you know, he, he, he has, uh, you know, kind of, not kind of, he has taken a step back the last few weeks. What, what has he been struggling with as to why we haven't seen the success that we saw earlier on uh, this season, Mike? Well, so, Anita, I think there's, I think we can point to a couple different things. You know, first, the level of competition raised up a little bit. I mean, you're talking about, I know Indianapolis sort of sputtered at the end there, but they were playing good ball when the Patriots, face them the bills are obviously a playoff team and you know miami uh they're one of the better defenses in the league so i think 
He's seen better defenses in the team's last three losses. Um, and then taking care of the ball. Like, I mean, sometimes it's simple. Like, football can be a complex game, but if you go back to the seven-game win streak they had, I want to say he threw like seven, eight touchdown passes and only had two interceptions. But you go back to, you know, the losses since that time, and I think, I think he's got six touchdown passes and five interceptions and a lost fumble, something along those lines. And turnovers are such a difference maker, and some of them are, are rookie mistakes. You know, he's not seeing certain things on the field. Uh, so I think take care of the ball, increased level of competition would be the two things I would highlight for why he's taking a little bit of a step back. I see that um, uh, Isaiah Wynn is, is going to miss the game starting left tackle. So what does that mean for this offensive line? Not a good time for uh, a starting left tackle to, uh, to be inactive, Mike. It isn't. Um, I will say this, India. Isaiah Wynn, well, they obviously want him out there, and he started 15 games this year. Um, probably the, the drop-off between him and the next player isn't as extreme as it would have been if you picked the other side of the offensive line with, like, Trent Brown, the right tackle. So I think they can overcome it. Um, but I would point out that Isaiah Wynn's absence is sort of reflective of a larger theme Patriots are pretty banged up entering this game. Like, they had 13 players who were listed as questionable. And I know what people are going to say. Oh, well, Belichick, he always lists so many questionable players. Like, most of those players are going to play, but that's, they're not 100%, Anita. And I know a lot of players aren't at this time of year, but this is as banged up as I've seen the Patriots. And I would also add Jalen Mills, one of their starting cornerbacks, remains on the COVID list. So, they're not, they don't have a full deck. The Bills do. They don't have any players on the injury report. So I think that's sort of the, the point I would make with Isaiah Wynn not playing. Like, Patriots, not at their best health-wise. The Bills, probably as healthy as you'd want to be entering the playoffs. Interesting. Before we let you go, let's talk about this defense and, and how you think that they are going to counter uh, Josh Allen because he had quite a day in his last game against this Patriots defense. Granted, weather conditions – uh, you know, Saturday night are, are, are going to be a lot more brutal. Anita, Josh Allen really hurt them the last time they met December 26th. In fact, I watched after that game, Bill Belichick, I felt like sought out Josh Allen. It was almost like he had earned Belichick's respect. And of all the things I heard this week from the Patriots, after watching Allen that day pick them apart, you know, sitting in the pocket, and then escaping the pocket when he had to and making plays with his legs. The one thing I heard this week that stood out to me, and I keep repeating it to myself, Bill Belichick, he said, we need an aggressive rush with an element of vision and containment. And I thought to myself, what a great way to put what they're trying to do, an aggressive rush with an element of vision and containment. And I was like, because you want to try to disrupt them, but you can't create these rush lanes where he can just go with his legs. And I think that's the game within the game when everyone's watching Saturday night. Keep that in mind, what Belichick said, an aggressive rush with an element of vision and containment. Easier said than done. Absolutely. Uh, I lied. One last thing before I let you go. Surprised with what happened with Joe Judge here with the Giants. I mean, again, you've covered this team for a while. I'm sure you know Judge. Uh, Surprised to you how this ended so poorly? Yeah, I, well, I really like Joe Judge personally and, and got to know him, covering him 
you know, here in New England as their special teams coordinator. I think I was surprised. I mean, just in the sense of, you know, they had the turnover with the prior two coaches. And I thought maybe he'd get another year just because they wouldn't want to do that again. Um, The long news conference after, you know, the second to last game there, when I saw that, I started to wonder and said, "Uh uh-oh, you know, could that sort of tilt the needle in the other direction? And I know I I listened to what John Maris said. Apparently that wasn't necessarily the final nail in the coffin, if you will, but I wonder how much that played a factor in that final decision. Anita Marks with you. It is Week in Wager here on 98.7 ESPN. Again, brought to you by BetMGM Sports. Enough talk. Believe in your game. Believe in your bet. BetMGM Sports. So, um, this, this postseason, to me, and phone lines are open, by the way, 800-919-3776. You want to chime in? Uh, you just heard what Mike Reese had to say uh, about the Patriots. Maybe you've got a big play uh, this weekend that you're feeling really good about. Maybe not. Maybe you just want to chat on a Friday night at 1030. I'm here for you. Um, so so as we know, so I, I, I don't ever remember a postseason where I didn't have a lot of conviction for the majority of the matchups. So in the six games that are going to be played this weekend. There's only two games where I have mad, crazy conviction that I feel like absolutely, positively, 99.9%, I feel this team's going to win. And that's Kansas City against Pittsburgh and the Cincinnati Bengals against the Raiders. Why is that? As we know, so let's take it. Let's let's do a dive in this. And Stephen, I'm going to get to you in just a second. Hang tight. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. So as we know, the Tennessee Titans they've got the number one seed. They're sitting back, getting healthy, whatever. Kansas City going up against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh has been on this roller coaster ride. Let's be honest. You know, you got Ben Roethlisberger, his last game in at Heinz Field. That was emotional. We saw him cry. Then they got to go on the road, and they got to go to Baltimore. And whenever my favorite quote, one of my favorite quotes. In, in the NFL, in covering the NFL as long as I have, Ray Lewis would say, when we go play Pittsburgh, we pack two mouth guards because that's how hard you hit. So for the Pittsburgh Steelers to come off of a game against the Ravens that they had to win and they went into overtime and it's always a heavyweight boxing bout with them, then staying up late, watching the Chargers and the Raiders and that emotional toll on them because... You know, there was a really good chance that they were going to tie. And then now they have to go on the road and go to Kansas City. Kansas City, ready to roll. They're home. They've been there, done that. Healthy. Although no Clyde's Edward, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. He's already been ruled out, by the way. So a big, uh, big heavy dose of, of uh, Daryl Williams. Um, I just, I have, I have pretty good conviction that Kansas City is going to win. I don't know. Could this be a miracle year for the Steelers? Maybe. I just don't think so. And then Cincinnati, I talked about it 
for a second when we opened up the show, right? They're home. They got to rest last week, one to three inches of snow. They're more familiar, uh, they have more comfortability playing in those type of conditions as opposed to the Raiders. The Raiders have been through the ringer this season, let's be quite frank. Everything off the field, it's, it's just been, it's been a lot. How much more can this Raiders team take? How much, you know, what could they, how much more can they do? But outside of that, you know, and we just heard from Mike Reese, you know, there, there's, New England's got a chance. They've got a better rushing attack. And you're telling me that at 10, 10.30 tomorrow night when it's negative 15 degrees, those Buffalo Bills players want to tackle Harris and Stevenson barreling down on them? I don't know. And, and no disrespect to Devin Singletary, but the Bills don't have the rushing attack that the New England Patriots do. So I don't, I don't, I can't, like, do I expect the Bills to win? Yes. But will I be shocked if the Patriots do? Absolutely not. I, I think, especially with the weather conditions, it makes it a, a, a more even playing field. And then in looking in the NFC, as we know, the Green Bay Packers have the bye. Philadelphia going to Tampa Bay, again, weather conditions playing into what Philadelphia does well, and that's run the football. Torrential downpour, winds at 20, gusting up to 40 miles an hour. Tom Brady without his cast of characters that he likes to play with. Of course, no Antonio Brown, no Godwin. His slot receiver went down. Grayson went down last week. So I get Leonard Fournette's back. but He's been on the shelf. It's going to take him a minute. Um... And, and Philadelphia's defensive line, I mean, their front seven, they can, they can get at you, and they don't blitz. And that's the secret sauce when it comes to getting after Tom, is getting after him without having to blitz him. That's the secret sauce. And Philadelphia doesn't blitz often. So I, I just... I, do I expect the Bucks to win? Absolutely. Will I be shocked if Philadelphia wins? Nope. I won't. In those weather conditions, now listen, Mother Nature, you know, could 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 she change her course of action and the weather not be as bad as what's being reported? Sure. It was sunny and, you know, 70 degrees down there. I, I don't think this lighting is a line would be closer to nine and a half, but it's not, and it's dropping. Went from eight and a half to eight tonight. Tells you a little something. Dallas, third seed, they're home, they're hosting. I think they straight up lose. San Francisco line open at plus three and a half. I got them there. It's dropped to three. You know what? I'm playing San Francisco on the money line, and I'm even going to play San Francisco minus two and a half. I think the Dallas Cowboys are a paper tiger. San Francisco is the better team, period. Jimmy Garoppolo has been... Jimmy Garoppolo in the San Francisco 49ers offense, believe it or not, has been the second best offense in the NFL in the last 10 weeks right behind Kansas City. How about that? They're number one in the red zone in touchdown conversion rate. The Dallas Cowboys play go back and forth between a cover one and cover three defensively in their secondary 
And so they play cover three about 35% of the time. And Jimmy Garoppolo is the number one quarterback against cover three, 76% completion percentage. Elijah Mitchell has been a beast. He gets going. He's averaging almost five yards a carry. They work in play action. Dallas Cowboys 24th defense against play action. And the 49ers are really good rushing defense. I do not expect Ezekiel Elliott to rush for over 100 yards. And when he doesn't put up 100 yards, when the Dallas Cowboys don't rush for 100 yards, they lose. I don't see them rushing for 100 yards against that 49ers defense on Sunday. I just don't. Now, if Dallas wins, will I be shocked? No. I'm anticipating the 49ers to win, but I wouldn't be shocked if Dallas wins. And then you've got the Arizona Cardinals going up against the Rams. Rams favored by four. I like the Rams here. I'm on the Rams side because Arizona has just been bad on both sides of the ball, defensively and offensively. Since they lost DeAndre Hopkins, they just have not been able to find their way. And defensively, they're giving up almost 400 total yards a game. And they're not good against the pass. And that's what Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay loves to do is pass, pass, pass. On top of that, you got Cooper Cup. 80% of his routes are out of the slot. And guess what? Arizona Cardinals, worst, worst secondary, worst cornerback situation, slot corner, worst in the NFL against, against slot wide receivers. Cooper Cup's going to have a day or a night, I should say. It's Monday night. So I've got the Rams winning, but will I be shocked if, it, if, if Arizona wins? No. I'll be shocked if Pittsburgh wins. I'll be shocked if the Raiders win. So I just I kind of I, breaking this down just to share with you, like this is the first time I can remember that I only, I only had true conviction for two teams to flat out win in Wild Card Weekend. So, um, it's, it's, and, and, but this, I, at the same time, I think this is what makes the NFL so great, right? Is the parody. The parody makes it great. Um, I, uh, I participated in a postseason fantasy football draft last night and, you know, the strategy in that is it's, 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 there's no matchups. You're just, you're accumulating points, right? You're accumulating points as the, as the, as the season progresses and or as, as the postseason progresses. And so it's really important that you draft players that you think are going to play the most games, so obviously, if you've got Patrick Mahomes, who's going to play four games, let's say, like let's say he beats the Pittsburgh Steelers, and then chances are he's got to go up against probably the Bills, if not, then Cincinnati. And then if, he, if they win that, then he's got to go to Tennessee, beat Tennessee, and then, oh, goes to the Super Bowl. It's four games. So the strategy is you want to try to draft as many players that are playing this weekend that are going to end up in L.A. for the Super Bowl. And I, I want to say this is like the 10th year I've done this, and this has got ha- hands down the most difficult. Hands down the most difficult. 
Um, because I just, I don't, I don't know about you. I just don't know. I just don't know. So, I mean, again, we've got, uh, we've got Brian and Jacob who are producing the show. Guys, are, do you, do you feel the same way I do? Like in, in looking at these matchups, do you, if there's one game let, let's, let's take, let's take Cincinnati and Kansas city out of the equation. Hmm. Patriots, Bills, Eagles, Bucks, 49ers, Dallas, Arizona Rams. Out of those four games, is there one that you like feel absolutely 100% like you've got the conviction that you know no. for sure this team's going to win? Oh, man. I think uh, it's it's tough. Yeah, it, it, it is tough. I can't, I can't really cho- – because out of those, it could be a toss-up. You don't know which way to go. Like, it's X-Factors on each side of the field. Usually I, I have a conviction. I'm strong about one. But, yeah, I'm stuck in the middle. I, I don't know. Yeah, because, like, there's not been, like, a team like, oh, okay, this is – but this is the winner for sure. But like, you can't like you can even have a Super Bowl winner right now. And a, and a guy like uh, Josh Allen, I mean, you would expect him to play well in uh, snowy conditions. But and, against Bill Belichick, yeah, <laughs> he's going against not only Bill Belichick, but he also has a three and two record uh, in those kind of conditions. So it makes it kind of hard. Actually, I came across an interesting stat. Hear 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 this out. Josh Allen in in the conditions that he's going to be playing in tomorrow. He has had four times in his career. In all four games, he's passed for less than 200 yards, less than 56% completion, and he's got four touchdowns and seven interceptions. Seven. So uh, (laughs) those numbers do not work well for the Bills going into that matchup. No, No, they don't. They don't. And and everybody's like, oh, it's not going to be windy. Before it was 40 mile per hour. Fine. It's not going to be windy, but man, I, I, I've played in those conditions. And again, I'm not comparing my career to an NFL man's career. I don't want to upset anyone, but you know, <laughs> you're, I've played in negative 15 in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And you just, it was the only, it was the first and only time I ever turned to my offensive coordinator. And I said, I can't tell you exactly what I said. This is a family show, but I just turned to him and I said, let's, let's effing just run the ball. Cause obviously I can't, I can't pass in this weather. And it wasn't windy. It's just when it's that cold, the ball, the ball's different. It's hard to throw. It's hard to catch. It's just different. You can't think you can't even think. It's that bad. 800-919-3776. Let's go to Steven in New York. Steven, welcome in. How's it, how's it going? How are you doing? Hey, good evening. Good. How's it going? I got, I got a nice lock for everyone. I got the, uh, the Bills under tomorrow with the weather, everything's going on. There's, there's no way that game goes over 44 and a half. I like it. I like that play. Uh, that's solid. Thanks for the phone call, Stephen. So uh, I just want to call it up right now. I want to. I want to make sure that it's uh, still at forty-four, um, and it is at forty-four. Here's a play for you. How about this? I'll, I'm going to one up you. How about you tease the Patriots up to plus ten and a half, and you tease the over. I'm, I mean, you tease the under up to fifty. So you go into the game two team. Two, really a two-play six-point teaser. New England Patriots plus 10 and a half. And the 
under at 50. Boom. I think I think we just I think we just stumbled upon something. I really do. Welcome back to Week in Wager. Anita Marks with you. It is brought to you by BetMGM. That's right. Enough talk. Believe in your game. Believe in your bet. BetMGM Sports. That music only means one thing. Randy Robles joins us now from the Elias Sports Bureau. We've been talking about it for a couple weeks now. They've got that phenomenal app, the Elias Game Plan. Hopefully you have downloaded it and you utilize it before you put in your wagers. Uh, so, uh, so Randy, welcome back. How you doing? Good, thank you. Very excited for, uh, for the weekend. Uh, six games and uh, ready to go. All right. So a few things before we and, and I know there's three games that we're going to break down with you and the Elias Sports Bureau but going into this full disclosure going into this weekend there's only two games that I have the utmost confidence and conviction in and that's Cincinnati beating the Raiders and the Kansas City Chiefs beating the Pittsburgh Steelers other than that I'm I'm just I'm just like I don't know I just don't know um and I know folks are gonna say Anita what are you talking about the Bills are hosting Mac Jones and the Patriots yeah but you know what weather conditions are going to be horrid same thing in Tampa Tampa weather conditions are supposed to be be like like torrential downpour in 35 to 40 mile per hour winds so you know those weather conditions benefit teams that run the ball better and that's the Patriots, more so than the Bills. And that's certainly the Eagles, more so than the Tampa Bay Bucks. So, again, I just – so I'm, I'm really thrilled to have you on uh, because I've just – I'm I've, – uh, I've, I've got to find my way here this weekend. So let's do it. Let's first and foremost, let's dive into that Saturday game. Again, the Patriots and the Bills. What is the Elias Sports Bureau slash Elias Game Plan app telling us about this matchup? Contrary to every person that I've talked to, you know, on the phone this week, I like Buffalo. And everybody's telling me about the Patriots, you know, they, they, Bill Belichick can't lose and they're going to beat the Bills. And, you know, certainly the weather is a neutralizing factor. However, Buffalo's won three of the last four against New England. They beat them by 12 in week 16. Um, and, uh, you know, Bill Belichick is – not the doesn't have the greatest record in road games. I mean, he's four and four in his career in the postseason. Very human, if you ask me. And then the the ultimate the ultimate coup de grace for me is is the Mac Jones question mark. If you look back over the last ten years, a rookie quarterback starting in the playoffs against a non rookie, so against a veteran, it's happened six times, and those rookies are zero and six straight up and against the spread. So for those reasons, I'm going to take Buffalo, weather notwithstanding. Okay. All right. And, and listen, and that's fair. Like I said, outside of Cincinnati and Kansas City, I just – and, and, and I think that's going to make this weekend all that much more fun. That's for sure. Okay. So, uh, so let's advance to, uh, to Sunday. And the 1 o'clock game on Sunday – is the Philadelphia Eagles going up against the Tampa Bay Bucks? So, um, again, weather conditions, not cold, but 
they're expecting, and, and I Googled this morning, they're expecting torrential downpour and gusts up to 35 to 40 mile per hour winds. So I, I'm curious, what, what say you, Randy Robles? Well, perhaps the spreads will, 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 will go down a little bit before the game starts if the weather is you know, really that going to be that much of a factor. Maybe it's a good time to jump on it now. I don't know. But I still like Tampa Bay. And uh, not to be a chalk eater here, but, you know, uh, Philadelphia, one in seven this year against teams that finished the season 500 or better. One in seven, two, two and six against the spread. Um, Tampa Bay, on the other hand, seven and one at home, winning by an average of 16.1 points. Brady, 20 and four at home in his postseason career. And most importantly to me, Tampa Bay. Uh, covered five out of six double-digit sp- uh, home spreads this year, and uh, for that reason, for those reasons, I like Tampa Bay to. Uh, to I, I think they're going to win. You know, the average margin of victory in, in the NFL is 11.5 points. Are they going to win by the average or more? I think so, but we'll see. But for me, I'm taking Tampa Bay, given the points. And and just uh, and shame on me. I'm not I'm not mentioning the spreads here. And you know we are talking about gambling. So so let's just rewind. So the Patriots are getting four four and a half in some places. Uh, the Bills are favored, mm-hmm. and uh, the Eagles are getting eight and a half as of as of right now. Like you said, if weather conditions continue to uh, to stream in in the way that they're anticipating, I don't know. Maybe that line does go down. Who knows? But here here's. One one thing, Randy, before we move on to the third game, and that is keep in mind that, you know, this is a this is a Tampa Bay Bucks team that's just getting Leonard Fournette back. So there is going to be some mm. rust there. Ronald Jones is doubtful, not expected to play. Um, no Antonio Brown. We know the drama that that took place there. No Godwin. He's out for the season because of the ACL. And Sorrell Grayson, who was starting at the slot position because of uh antonio brown is is now he's out as well so it's going to be gronk who we know has been a beast this season uh mike evans and then a rotation of tyler johnson scotty miller and and who knows who else so um i just i guess the point i'm making is you know tom brady loves those weapons uh, and unfortunately, mm. I, I think you know the, the, his toy chest is going to be a little low on on Sunday against the Eagles. Uh, so that that's just you another know what, thing. You know yeah, absolutely. And you know what? The weapon for the gambler is in this case perhaps is the teaser. When I see a eight and a half point spread like that, and I can knock it down to two and a half, <clears throat> and I just need Tom Brady to win a playoff game by three points. That's very very juicy. Or how about? Or how about? See, I'm I'm going the other way because one of my plays is I'm teasing the Eagles up. I like the Eagles plus fourteen and a half. <laughs> so very interesting that you go you go the Bucks way, obviously because you're anticipating the Bucks to win. I, I I give 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 me give me the give me Philadelphia plus fourteen and a half. All right, last but not least, okay. this is this is the late game on Sunday night, and that's the Pittsburgh Steelers traveling to Kansas City. Listen. 
Randy, it has been a roller coaster ride of emotions for the Steelers team, right? Like last game at Heinz Field for Ben Roethlisberger. Then, you know, they have to go to Baltimore. They have to beat the Ravens and then stay up late praying that the Raiders and the Chargers don't tie. Sure enough, you know, that didn't happen. So they advanced. And now they got to get on the road and go to Arrowhead, one of the most difficult venues to play at. I just, it's just, I, I just emotionally. The roller coaster that the Steelers have been on. Uh, curious, what what does Elias say about this game? Hmm. You know, it's amazing. I had Steelers fans call me and say, "Hey, what are the odds of a tie in the NFL?" What what you know? And I said, "Well, there's usually about one tie per year out of 256 games, so it's about half a one percent chance." And lo and behold, man, did they, did they come close? That was so exciting. Um, uh, however, I think the excitement ends. Uh, for Pittsburgh this weekend. And it's pretty obvious. Uh, big spread this week, 12 and a half points for KC. Uh, I, I got a stat that I think your listeners are going to really pay attention to, and that is over the last 10 years, uh, teams that are home teams that are favored by at least 10 points in the playoffs are 11 and 1 against the spread. And I see that becoming 12 and 1 after this weekend. You know, wow, that's, 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 a, that's a great that's a great nugget, Randy. Yeah, it's a it's a bomb, and you know, KC they beat Pittsburgh by 26. You know, they were a 10 point favorite in Week 16. They easily covered that. Um, you know, you look at Pittsburgh again. If you go back to the start of last December, they've lost seven games by double digits, and I think this will be number eight. You know, as, you know, as as opposed to KC, you know, they won. Each each of the last four home games of the season by double digits and by an average of 22 points. So I agree with you that I think this is one of the two games this week that is fairly predictable. Of course, that's why they play the games, but I'm taking KC and giving the 12 and a half points. I will say this though: it is the it is the biggest spread that uh, that Mahomes will ever be asked to uh, has been asked to cover uh, in the playoffs up to this point in his career. But I think I think they're up to the task. Great stuff as always. Randy Robles joining us from the Elias Sports Bureau. Just to recap, the Elias Game Plan app. Make sure you download that on whatever your device is. Uh, he's going Bills minus four, the Bucks minus eight and a half. He does like them as a teaser as well. And the Kansas City Chiefs minus 12 and a half. That's what Elias is telling us to do this weekend. Randy, great stuff as always. Uh, so appreciate you. Enjoy wild, wild card weekend, my friend. You too. It's my pleasure, and uh, good luck to you as well. Hey, this is Brent Musburger, and you're listening to Anita Marks on the Weekend Wager. Money! Memphis and uh, the Mavericks going at it right now. Memphis up 47-46, about a minute 30 left uh, in, uh, in the first half. Joining me is David Behrman who, uh, of course, oversees, I like to call him, um, our traffic cop, our gatekeeper, all things gambling at ESPN. Good evening, David. How are you, my friend? You there? Do we have him? Bueller? Anyone? Anyone? Gentlemen? (laughs) Am I I on the air? Are we (laughs) good? Are we good? David, can you hear David, can you hear us? Okay. Um guys, let's uh maybe have him hang up, call back. 
I don't know if maybe there's uh, something wrong with the uh, connection, but let's let's try that one more time. Um, I, I'm going to bring you up to speed on um, what's going on in the Sony Open. This is the second tournament of the season in golf. Uh, the guys are out there in Hawaii, and uh, the century was, was last week, and Cam Smith just put on a clinic uh, 34 under, which was really, really unbelievable. And so now they're still, they're in Honolulu. They're still in, in Hawaii, just a different island. They island hopped to go tee it up um, on this golf on this golf course. Do we have him? David, you there? Can you hear us? Yeah, I can Hi. hear you. Can you hear me? I can. Hi. <laughs> that was weird. I could hear you before, too. I was... I was telling you that, you know, I'm your gatekeeper, but I also want to tell everybody that you're my favorite person to talk to when I pick up Dunkin' Donuts for my wife in the morning. I talk to you while I do that. So. <laughs> I know. We do. We do talk in the morning. Um, so so I've been spending the first hour of the show, we spent a lot of time uh, talking about uh, the NFL, and, and we will, you and I will get into your NFL plays, but... Uh, let's spend some time talking about golf right now. Again, it's the second tournament of the season, the Sony Open in Hawaii. I'm looking at the uh, the leaderboard right now. Russell Henley at the top of the leaderboard at 15 under. Whoa, shot a 62 and a 63 today. Uh, some other guys at the top of the leaderboard that I liked coming in that I'm playing in DFS fantasy. Chris Kirk, Power, Connors, um, Decky. Charles Howell III, he loves playing on this course. He's eight under. He's tied for 16th. Cam Davis, who we know put on a show last week at the Century. Kevin Na, who shot a 61 yesterday, but turned around, unfortunately, shot a 71 today. So just to name a few guys uh, that are in contention and have made the cut, the guy that I picked in our, our Survivor Golf League didn't make the cut, and that was Sun M. So don't get me started about him, but hey, nonetheless, that was what our breakfast that was what our breakfast conversation during the yes. uh, the Duncan run this morning was about. How I told you I faded Sung Jung Im with uh, with Mark Leishman, um, and I just didn't like him this week. As I told you on the phone earlier today, he's just not great on this course, and this course is is one of the top courses on tour in terms of course history. People who play here well play here well, and those that don't don't. It's not a foolproof system, obviously, but when you're trying to weigh what matters, that's one of the things, which is why, you know, you and I both like Charles Howell III. He's right there, a couple back. Uh, he's made the cut now 21 consecutive times there. I'm with you on Connors. I have a top 10 on him, hoping he stays up where he's at. And, Anita, I'm just glad that the guy I picked in our pool, Webb Simpson, snuck in there with a birdie on 18. He, it was a little dicey run there. Uh, but he snuck in the cut line right there on 18. So I have a play for the weekend. I have him top 10, and I have him to win. And, and you never know. you got to make the cut to have a shot. So he's there. He is there. Uh, and, and let's give some odds out. Russell Hinley, uh, plus 135 to win it if he can do it over the weekend. Corey Connors, 16-1. to 1. That's that's where my money is going to go. That's where the majority of my money is going to go heading into Saturday. Corey Connors is 9-under. He's tied for 5th. He's just six back. He shot a 64 on uh, Thursday, a 67 today, and it's 16 to one. I really like those odds. So that's that's probably where the majority of my money is going. Power 22 to one. Chris Kirk 35 to one. I liked him coming in. Like I said, I, I'm I'm playing him in a number of DFS. 
Kevin Na, 35 to 1, even though did not have a great shot, 71 today. But nonetheless, I, I, I believe that's where the majority of my money is going to go is with Corey Connors. Where, 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 where are you going to put your money on heading into tomorrow? I'm with you on that as well. I have him, like I said, I have him at the top 10. Um, I think I will sprinkle a little bit on the 16 to 1. You know, six shots back is far, but at the end of the day, it only takes one bad round for, from Henley, who is known to get out to hot starts. I had him um, as a first round leader option yesterday, and he, uh, he didn't get up and down on 18. That would have at least got me half of, half of the stash as uh, he was right there, one behind Kevin Na. But Henley has not been a really, really great weekend player. He's been much better on Thursday and Fridays over the course of his career. And all it takes is, is a round where he only goes one or two under on this type of course to, to have someone like Cordy Connors get up there. And six shots can disappear real quick, especially over two rounds. So I do like him. Um, you know, Hideki, the way he played today was awesome. He's just got to get some putts down. And I might throw some more coin on uh, on Chucky 3-6 and get the top 10. I already have it once, but I might double down a little bit since he's within shooting, shooting distance of that. Uh, and a huge shout-out to uh, ESPN, not just saying that because both of us are employed by them, but um, I love for folks, again, if, if you're into golf and you're looking at the leaderboard, there's there's this little arrow that you could – click on and it takes you right to the live video the espn plus now live video you can watch um and and i did that a lot today by the way so i, I love that that little added um i don't know what would you it's call great it that? for those that well we have pga tour live now on espn plus so right, you're gonna get right, that right, for right, every right. single event and it's great you can like just like you, I tuned in about 20 minutes ago when you know the, the wife is watching her ghost adventures, and I threw up ESPN Plus on my iPad and and watch Webb Simpson birdie 18. It's a great feature to have, and we're lucky that we have that on on ESPN property. What are ghost adventures? What is that? I, I, I don't know. Some show that allows her to go to sleep at night. Who knows? Some something on one of her channels, and you know, I got <laughs> the man cave downstairs. So I could have just adventures. I could have just gone downstairs. <laughs> Like like yeah, like like Yellowstone, I get, but like Ghost Adventures. Anyway, um, all right, let's talk some the NFL. These Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters go into all these random hotels and tell you there's ghosts there. Who knows? I don't. You know, oh, it's, it's like it's like it's like a real it's like a reality. It's like for real, for reals. They're they're go they're go they're yeah. eating after ghosts. As much as you can believe reality shows, but yes, it, it, it's. The, the paranormal fun stuff. You know, I watch sports, you watch sports, she watches that, to each his own. So so I have I have like a, a really good friend of mine who when she travels, she looks up like whenever she goes to a city, she looks up hotels that claim to be haunted and, and she stays there like on purpose. Like that's her like that's, that's her life. that's her that's her jam. That's her thing. She feels she's a uh, uh empath. She's an empath, and so she she looks up she looks up these. Do you know what an empath is? Do you you know what that is? Yes, and okay. yes, and and I'm telling you that I've been to every haunted hotel in Boston, New York, legend haunted, Savannah, Charlotte, you name it. When we go on vacation, my wife does the exact same thing wow. as your friend. And, wow, hey, it's interesting. Yeah. It's it's, I mean, it's interesting. But but my friend does it because she's an empath, and she just she she feels that she can communicate with the spirits. So. Um, it's just, it's wild to me, but anyway, back to football, uh, there's, there's, there's two, there's two games that you're on one tomorrow and that's Cincinnati at home hosting the Raiders. Cincinnati's favored by five and a half. What's your play in this one? 
Uh, it's a slight lean, you know, playing this game. I think both teams' quality offense, not the best defenses. So I'm leaning on the over. If you can get it at anywhere at 48 or lower, uh, just Joe Burrow in that offense is extremely good. And you know the Raiders never go away. The Raiders are that team that has like 50 lives. I mean, they're undefeated in walk-off games. They, they won't go away no matter what happens to them on the field or off the field. Um, I think they have a shot to win this game. I'm not comfortable taking the five and a half, but if I had to choose a side, I would choose the five and a half just because I know Cincinnati's good, but they're not great. Uh, this is their first playoff game in, in quite a long time, and a lot of these guys on the team are young, like Chase and Burrow, and haven't played in the playoff game. So I wouldn't be stunned and needed to see the Raiders win it, but I'm not really going to play that. I'm going to be playing the over because I do think that both teams have the firepower uh, to, to score, and I think 48 is kind of a low number for that game. That's one of the few games where I think that you're going to have a lot of scoring because you got weather conditions in Buffalo, you got weather conditions in Tampa, um, and you know you have Kansas City, Philadelphia, Kansas City, Pittsburgh, where Pittsburgh can't do anything on offense. So I actually, if you're going to look at an over, I think it would be in tomorrow's uh, tomorrow's Cincinnati uh, Vegas game. You're not you're not worried about the weather conditions at all. One to three inches of snow, uh, Raiders. A little bit, a little bit, but that's why I think the numbers come down. I think the numbers overcorrected right. a little bit. Um, it's not like it's going to be, you know, Lake Erie, Buffalo, where it's 10 degrees below zero with 49-hour winds. It might be one to three inches of snow, but I still think both teams can move the ball pretty well. And, you know, this is a game where if it was the regular season in October, I think this, this number's at 52 or 53. So I think we're getting a good price because because of the weather conditions. All right, and you've got a game on Sunday as well that you like, and that's the 49ers in Dallas taking on the Dallas Cowboys. This line opened up at three and a half. It's now dropped down to three. The over-under is at 50 and a half. What is your play here, David? I do like Dallas, and I'm in the minority here. And I'll be honest, Anita, I was surprised that uh, last Sunday night when this line came out, I had it around four and a half, five, and I saw it pop up at two and a half, and I grabbed it first thing Sunday night. Um, and then I, I grabbed it because I thought it was going to go up, and, and I was wrong. Everybody hopped on San Francisco, and it, it stayed right there in the two-and-a-half-three range. Uh, there's a lot of people betting San Francisco. A lot of the Sharps are on it. A lot of Publics on it. Um, I, I like Dallas. I think they're the better team. Um, I think they have the better star power. I'm not a believer in Jimmy G. I know you like Jimmy G, and I know he got it done last week on the road at L.A., bringing the team back from 17 nothing and 24-17. And that defense is good. And if they're healthy and they're good, I think that, that they're going to give Dallas some trouble. Uh, but I just do think that the Dallas Cowboys are the better team. And if they can avoid disastrous stuff like, you know, Coach McCarthy doing dumb stuff and calling dumb plays or timeouts when he shouldn't, I think they'll win this game. And I think they'll cover. I, I got it at two and a half, and I think that's a good price. Um, I wouldn't go any higher than three. If it gets higher than three, you start thinking about taking the other side. I just think this, this Dallas team has been here all season long. Yes, they beat up on a really bad NFC East. But I do think if, if you go back to the first game of the season, that Thursday night opener where they, they, they took the Super Bowl champs all the way to the buzzer, I just think that they are a team that has a potential shot to win this thing. Uh, and San Francisco's good. They've been here before. You saw them two years ago in the Super Bowl. Uh, I just don't believe that they're that good, and I think Dallas will win this game. So you could get Dallas at minus 2.5 at minus 140, or you can get the 49ers at plus 4 at minus 135. Just throwing that out there. a nice middle, wouldn't it? Yeah, (laughs) and, uh, you know, everybody could be a winner, all right? (laughs) 
yeah, it would be a nice overtime game. Dallas kicks the field goal to win. We all go home. And then everybody, everybody wins. Everybody wins. Yeah. Anyway, uh, David, uh, great to hear your voice. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. And uh, enjoy Wild, Wild Card Weekend. And uh, and good luck. Let's go. Let's go, Corey Connors. At uh, sixteen to one, it would be nice. <laughs> I love at it. Six, I'm gonna go take it right now. At sixteen to one, let's do it. Let's do it. You got it, David. Have a great night. Watch, watch out for those ghosts on the way home. Oh, jeez. Okay, David Barron joining us here on ninety-eight point seven. ESPN. All right, joining us is Aaron Schatz from Football Outsiders. Aaron, it is Wild Card Weekend, and you've got three plays for us today. Awesome. You ready? Let's hit it. All right, let's hit it. All right, first and foremost, this is the Saturday night game. Patriots at Orchard Park in Buffalo. Weather conditions are supposed to be below zero at kickoff. Who knows? Maybe it goes to like minus 10, minus 15 by like 10 o'clock at night. Who knows? Patriots getting four against the Bills. What's your play here and why? I like the Patriots plus four. In our DVOA numbers, the Bills and the Patriots were very similar teams over the course of the year, uh, including both offense and defense were very similar between the two teams. The thing is, you know, the Bills won fairly handily over the Patriots the last time they played. But they did that with some remarkable performance from Josh Allen on third downs. He was a four of five on third down with 10 or more yards to go. The Patriots have the best defense in the league on third and fourth downs. It's really unlikely that he's going to be that good on third down and especially third and long again. And that makes things closer between these two teams. So, I mean, I do like the Bills to win the game. But with the four points, I like the Patriots plus four. Yeah, listen, I'm with you. I think with these with these weather conditions, and granted, I know it's not going to be 40-mile-per-hour winds. It's not going to be like the first game we saw them play, but it's going to be cold. And two things. Number one, the ball's different when it's that cold, when it's that frigid. It's hard to throw. It's hard to catch. And number two, keep in mind, this is the late game, Aaron. So, okay, it's going to be like zero or sub five. It's going to feel like sub five at kickoff, but that's at eight, eight, eight thirty. Think about what happens when 10, 10 30 rolls around the corner. Defenses are tired. And now the Patriots go to Stevenson to just bulldoze everybody. I mean, it's going to hurt to try to tackle that dude at 10 30, 11 o'clock at night when I don't know whether conditions could feel like sub 20. So I, th- I just, you know, because of the weather, and because if it's a late game, I'm going with a team that has the better rushing attack, and I believe it's the Patriots more so than than the Buffalo Bills. Just uh, so so I'm with you there. Um, let's talk about uh, we've got two more games, three more games on Sunday, and then how exciting that we got a Monday night game. Let's talk about one of the games on Sunday, and let's talk about the Tampa Bay Bucks and the Philadelphia Eagles. Again, another game where weather is going to be a factor. No, no, it's not freezing temperatures, but it's supposed to be torrential downpour and winds anywhere between 35 to 40 miles an hour uh, in Tampa for this game. So I'm really curious, how are you playing this one, Aaron? I'm going contrary to the weather here, believe it or not. I have not heard 40 miles an hour on the winds. I had heard like 20. Uh, But these offenses are both better than the defenses. And more importantly, these teams are very fast. The Tampa Bay ranked second in situation-neutral pace, how often they ran plays. Philadelphia ranked fifth. 
So the more plays, the more points. So I'm actually going with over 46 in this game. You might even want to wait on it because of the weather. I wouldn't be surprised if this over-under line moves down a little bit. So you might be able to get like over 45 or even over 44 if you wait another day. I think I think in regard to you, we're talking about the mile per hour winds. I, I think they're 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 saying that it's going to be twenty mile per hour winds, but I read gusts up to thirty five to forty yeah. miles per hour. Still, at the end of the day, weather conditions aren't going to be great. It's another situation, in my opinion, where the team that can run the football better, I think, will have the advantage. And and obviously, that is the Eagles. Uh, they have been masterful at it uh, the last what seven eight weeks of the season. Uh, but I, I'm with you. I like the over here as well. I, I think I think a lot of points are going to be put up in this game, regardless of the weather, um, because I I do believe that both teams are going to be able to move the ball. So uh, so that's 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 interesting. And then last but not least, like I said, we've got a Monday night game, which is really exciting, right? First time in the history of, of Wild Card Weekend, and you've got an Arizona team whose defense has just been really uh, porous, really bad as of late. Uh, their last five weeks. And they're heading to Los Angeles to take on the Rams. The Rams are favored by four. What's your play here? I like the Rams minus four. This is my favorite favorite of the weekend. Definitely. The pick is driven by weighted PVOA, which is our rating, which lowers the strength of games early in the season. Because the Cardinals are actually 16th if you look at weighted PVOA. And that has nothing to do with those Colt-McCoy games at midseason. If you remove the McCoy games, they're basically exactly the same. Their passing game has been very average since Kyler Murray returned in Week 13. Their running game hasn't been anything special all year. The Rams have improved over the course of the season on defense and special teams. So I think this game looks more like the second meeting between these teams when the Rams beat the Cardinals 30-23 to back in Week 14. I like the Rams minus four. Let me ask you, Fuller, the Rams safety is is out. And then um, Weddle, Whittle, right? Um, why am I forgetting yeah. how, to, how to pronounce this? He comes out of retirement. I mean, what can he do? I mean, he goes from like the couch, uh, you know, to uh, to to. to tr- the Rams win a Super Bowl, but uh, losing, you talk about the defense, uh, losing Jordan Fuller concern you at all? It does concern me a little bit. I think that's worth a little bit, but I think that I like the Rams over the Cardinals by enough that it's not worth enough to change my mind on going with the Rams. And I wouldn't be surprised if Weddle plays less than, you know, whoever was the backup to Fuller in the first place, who's been sitting in that defense and playing with that team all year. Um, I, I love that you said that this is your, your favorite play. Uh, my favorite play is the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, I, I like them on the money line. I, I, I'll even play them at minus two and a half. I, I, I think they beat the Dallas Cowboys. I think the Dallas Cowboys are a paper tiger, but that's my favorite play, but it's great. We got you on with your favorite play here on uh, 98.7 ESPN. So again, he's Aaron Schatz from Football Outsiders. Make sure you check him out. Follow him on social media. Uh, also follow, check out you know all his plays online, and he contributes to a number of our, uh, our chalk, our wagering content at ESPN.com and our chalk site. So always great to have you on, Aaron. Enjoy Wild Card Weekend, my friend. Enjoy it as well. Super Wild Card Weekend, I believe. <laughs> Super wild card weekend. 
Welcome back to Weekend Wager here on 98.7 ESPN, brought to you by BetMGM Sports. Enough talk. Believe in your game. Believe in your bet. BetMGM Sports. Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports joins us. Lee, how you doing? Wild card weekend, buddy. I'm good. I'm good. I, you know, I love this time of year. Games slow down. Mm-hmm. We don't have three, four games going on at one time or, or even, well, I do like NFL Sundays where you've got so many games, but I'm not distracted uh, and... I think it just gets a little bit easier. Well, I, I have I have the Mac Daddy set up in 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 my apartment, so I'm actually mm-hmm. I'm actually I'm gonna miss it. But nonetheless, um, right. let's let's dive into it and let's start, of course, with Saturday. You've got the Raiders in Cincinnati. The over under is 49. I know that that's where your play is here. Yep. Weather conditions. They're expecting one to three inches of snow. Not conducive to what the Raiders are used to playing in. Uh, what side are you on here in regard to the over-under? So I like the total even before we heard about snow. Uh, weather going to be a factor. You have two head coaches haven't been in the playoffs before as head coaches. You have two quarterbacks, Joe Burrow, who although he's very talented, has not been in the playoffs, and Carr has you know, had limited playoff experience. So both teams like to throw the ball down the field. They like to hit on big plays. I think that both teams are going to have their defenses set up to not allow the big play in the first quarter. They don't want want to fall behind by double digits. And I think they're going to try to force the other team to run the football. I think we could see a 3 nothing, 7-3 first quarter. So I like the under 49 points. I think it's the strongest place to play. And I think you got to play it right now because I think this total could close 47. Wow. So, wait a minute. Explosive Cincinnati Bengals offense, right? Like Burrow and Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, right. Joe Mixon. And and right. you're saying that possibly 3-0, 7-3 at the half? First quarter, after the first quarter. And if oh, you, after you the first a, quarter. Yeah, if you, get, if you get a low-scoring first quarter. Remember, when you play a total, both teams have to usually cooperate. And, and there's some interesting stats here as far as wild card weekend and it it is exactly opposite of what i thought so what i thought was the favorites would dominate but since 2010 favorites are only 44 45 and three against the spread so it's been flat and you would think you know you have these you know teams that have maybe won the division against that six or the seven seed they dominate hasn't really been the case and then there is, though, uh, a trend to the under. In fact, since 2010, the 93 games that have been played, and 65% of the games have gone under. So some of these teams have also played each other the first time uh, earlier in the year, like this game here. Cincinnati played the Raiders and beat them 32-13. So usually the second game's more lower scoring than the first one. All right, a little bit later on in the evening, wind chill, below freezing. Who knows? It's a late game, so maybe at the start of the second half, it's like negative 15. I mean, it's just going to be cold. The Patriots going up against the Bills. The Bills at home favored by four. What you got here, Lee? So I got both games right. But in watching the first game, I'm like, wow. If this game was played in better weather, I think that, that, that New England would have gotten blown out. Why do I say that? Buffalo's passing game, which they're pretty evenly balanced, couldn't throw the football. 50-mile-an-hour winds with gusts up to 70 miles an hour. 
So I just think that, that this New England team is not the same. Over the last month, I think they, they just plateaued out. And you got a running back uh, and Singletary starting to – they've, in fact, the Buffaloes run the ball for at least 100 rushing yards in each of the last five weeks. Patriots' passing game isn't there. That last four weeks, six touchdowns to five interceptions, including a pick six in the Miami game. And here's something crazy. So where do you think the Bills ended up on defense as far as allowing points from 1 to 32, one being the best, fewest points, yards, and passing yards? What range? Um, If I had to guess, I'd say somewhere around 10 or 11. First in all three. So people remember that one bad game where New England ran all over them. The second game – I mean, the score wasn't a total blowout, but Buffalo dominated that game. So with there being really not much wind under 10-mile-an-hour wind, even though it'll be cold, I think that's a factor that, that certainly benefits Buffalo. And then the fact that Josh Allen can run the ball as a quarterback. How many quarterbacks do you see that have run for 63, 64, and 81 yards in the last three games? So he's finally healthy. He was banged up a month ago. I, I like Buffalo on a score. Interesting. I'm on the I'm on the opposite side. I think the weather conditions are going to play a factor. Uh, it's 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 next to impossible to really throw an accurate ball and catch a ball in those type of weather conditions. And I think the Patriots have a better rushing attack. So wow, uh, that will be I interesting. Do, I, no, to see I agree. What I think they have the better rushing attack. But uh, which quarterback can drive the ball down the field? Josh Allen. Which quarterback can also run? Josh Allen. Uh, he played at I, Wyoming. I know. I know. Yeah, all all yeah. of the, I get I get all of that, but here here's another one for you, real quick. Josh Allen has played in sub Josh Allen has played in subpar freezing temperatures four times in his career, all four right. times less than 200 passing yards, less than 56 percent completion percentage, four touchdowns, seven interceptions. Yeah. It, it's it it it's it's a different animal, you know. It's it's one thing when it's like oh you know it's going to be 13 degrees. It's another when it's right. negative 13 degrees. So, right. but uh, listen, listen, I, I don't, oh, I, I think I don't, it's a game I we're going to know. I think it's a game we'll know by middle of the second quarter who's in control. So this might be a game to live bet also. You can, you know, if, if I'm not adverse to if things aren't going well, I'll get off a game. I'll bet the other side and just try to, you know, try to even myself out and move on to the next game. All right, let's take a look at, again, Lee Sterling joining us from Paramount Sports. Uh, let's take a look at Sunday. And uh, it kicks off first and foremost with the Philadelphia Eagles going up against the Bucks. The Bucks getting eight and a half. Lee, this is another game where weather is going to be a problem, right? Torrential downpour, winds at 20, 25 miles an hour, gusts up to 35 to 40. Again, a game, weather conditions, the team that runs the ball better to me has the advantage. And of course, we know that's the Philadelphia Eagles. They've been able to, to run up and down everybody for the last few weeks since they changed their offense around. But nonetheless, what side are you on here? Yeah, so I originally was leaning Tampa Bay, but now I'm leaning, you know, Philadelphia. I'm going to wait until game time, uh, a couple hours beforehand to see what the weather is. Uh, the weather's bad, and it seems like it's going to be really bad you got to favor Philadelphia, and their defensive line has played well of late. So they just rested a bunch of guys that came against Dallas. So uh, Tampa Bay, I, I don't think it's the same team as last year. So uh, I don't think they're going to win at all. Well, I, I mean, I'm not going to call them a paper tiger last year, but when you no. go back and, and you look at their run last year, Lee, 
really, it was a, it was about the defense. And also, yeah. there were games where, like, that one game against the Saints and Drew Brees threw, what, three interceptions in the second half? Yeah. Dude, dude doesn't throw one interception, like, you know, the first half of the season. He throws three in a game. Like, there was just, like, things, the Green Bay Packer game, weird things happened. So, anyway, I, I, like, I, I'm with you. I still think the Bucks win. But uh, but I don't believe they cover, and I think Fletcher. You Cox, know, it might be like that Washington game first round last year. Tempe was the better team, but Washington yeah. found a way to cover. Yep, exactly. With with Heineke, that's when Heineke's name, yeah. right? Yeah. That's when he became a household name in that game. All right. All right uh, game number two is the 49ers going up against the Dallas Cowboys. I will call the Dallas Cowboys a paper tiger. This is my favorite game, and I'm all over the 49ers. I'm really curious. What side are you on here, Lee? So I like the 49ers and the over in this game. Here's how I see it. So I think that, that Dallas's front four on defense is really good for pass rushers, but not great against the run. And since San Francisco got back Mitchell at running back the last two games, they've been a different team. Mm-hmm. They just run over teams. And then Debo Samuel running and catching. I don't think we've seen, seen a receiver in a long time that can do both. At his level, I mean, he's big, strong, and fast. And, and then even Jimmy G wasn't affected, you know, by the finger injury. And then on top of that, I don't think that, that Moore, a lot of Dolphins fans down here are, are clamoring for them to hire him. Yeah, I think Miami needs an offensive coach as the next head coach. But uh, I, I just don't think they util, utilize here C.D. Lamb enough. So they're going to score. They throw in so many weapons, tight end, receivers, two running backs good offensive line. Their defense, which is interesting for Dallas, they allow some points, and they also create points uh, off some pick sixes and interceptions and strip sacks. So I see in a high-scoring game, I've got San Francisco winning this game like 34-30. I love it. I love it. And then last but not least, on on Sunday night, you've got the Pittsburgh Steelers going up against the Kansas City Chiefs. This is a big number, dude, 12-and-a-half. But Pittsburgh, they've been on they've been on an emotional roller coaster for the last three weeks, right? Like Ben Roethlisberger's last game at Heinz Field, they have to beat the Ravens, and they have to pray to God that the Chargers and the Raiders don't die. And now they have to head to uh, Arrowhead. I, I don't I don't like this number. I'm going to use this as a two team six point teaser. I'm going to tease Kansas City down to six and a half. How are you playing this one? Yeah, I, I certainly wouldn't play Pittsburgh. Here's why. I mean, it, they were in a bar fight last week after playing the. Big Ben's last home game. So whenever they play Baltimore, it's very physical, very emotional. Uh, you know, had to win the game in the overtime. That's, that even factors into it. They played Kansas City. They didn't match up with Kansas City. It was 30 nothing in the middle of the third quarter before Kansas City called off the dogs in that game. So I just think Kansas City's improved their offensive line. Pittsburgh's offensive line is so bad. I'm telling you, Anita, those offensive linemen, they might have a tough time uh, making it into their high school Hall of Fame. They are that bad. So uh, one of the worst <laughs> offensive lines I've seen in a long time here. And I and I know they might get back Juju, but, you know, this is a punch and Judy team. In fact, you look at as far as pushing the ball down the field, Big Ben, last three games averaging 4.2 yards per attempt. He played for almost any other team. He would have been benched a long time ago. They just can't score. The only way they can stay in the game is if, Remember that, that game a couple years ago where Kansas City played Houston, where Houston got three takeaways in the first half of the fumbled punt? Uh, I mean, there was some crazy stuff that happened in that game. They've got to try some trick plays and get a whole lot of luck go their way. But 
I, I think Kansas City is the right side. I think they'll win something like 34-13. I'm with you. I'm with you. Last but not least, before we let you go, there's a Monday night game, and it's the Rams minus four uh, going up against uh, the Cardinals. Cardinals have not looked good on both sides of the ball, offensively and defensively. I, I love the Rams in this in this matchup. Who, who do you have here? So there's a couple things I look at when I look at Arizona. As a favorite, they're terrible. Road team this year, 8-1 and one against the spread. And you can't have a quarterback that sits in the pocket against the Rams. That rush, pass rush from the defensive tackles is fierce. I think his escapability will help him. And the Rams are also without their top two safeties here. So um, probably my least favorite game of them all. But uh, I still think Arizona's the right side. I think they can maybe pull it out. I think I don't think we're going to see uh, a two, three-point game here either way here. So if you're going to play Arizona, I might even want to go Arizona money line. I like it. Uh, again, uh, he is uh, he is Lee Sterling with Paramount Sports. Make sure you check him out. Uh, go to his website, get some more of his picks. But uh, Lee, so much appreciate you uh, breaking it down with us here uh, on on Weekend Wager. Thank you, my friend. Thanks so much, Anita. Take care. You you got it. This is the Weekend Wager with Anita Marks on ninety eight point seven ESPN.